is good Bruin Bible listeners it is your host Will Decker we got to get a sponsor in before we start this episode it's bet online bet online is your number one source for all your basketball info stats news and scores get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs bet online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, Major League Baseball, NHL, hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Make sure you check out Bet Online. Get into the action today. So head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts now to the Bruin Bible. What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? Very special guest in the house today, my guy, Darren Chiaverini, former UCLA offensive analyst. He is now the head coach at Chafee College, and we are so honored to have him on. Darren, thank you for making time out of your busy Saturday to be with us today, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to you know come on the, the Bruin Bible and talk a little football, talk about Coach McGovern. Yeah, man. It's uh, I think that's where we got to start first. It was such a tragic passing within the Bruins community with Bill McGovern. Uh, had been the D coordinator last year. He stepped down due to some health issues. The public really didn't know what was going on. We really were pleased with what the defense was like. We were even more pleased with the man we got to speak with each and every week. Give me your thoughts on McGovern because this is such a, a big loss for UCLA and its family all around the world. You know, I, I had a you know unique experience with Coach McGovern because I was the offensive analyst, so I worked closely with the defensive staff and the defensive coordinator, and so I got to know Bill, you know, really well quickly, and um, just an unbelievable, you know, human being. You know, we all knew he was a great coach; you could see that from his track record. But you know, more importantly, the way he treated people within the defensive staff room, the way he treated me as someone that was you know working with him just daily. Um, you know, we definitely lost a a great person man and you know you know prayers to obviously his wife colleen and and their children and um you know we're just we're heartbroken too because my wife shannon was very close with his wife colleen and i was actually texting yesterday with his wife and you know just it's heartbreaking i mean it's not the way it should be you know but obviously god had other plans for for bill but um we're gonna miss him but as far as him as a as a person as a coach i mean obviously you saw the bruins defense was playing at a very high level early in the season last year. And, and I think some of the, the health issues, you know, obviously when Bill had to step away, you know, affected us a little bit going down the stretch run. And, you know, the other coaches did a great job picking up the slack. But, you know, when you lose your leader and you lose the voice of the defense, it's it's tough. It's tough on the players. It's tough on the staff. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to miss Bill. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed being around him, you know, every day. And even though I'm, I'm over at Chafee now, um, just – thinking about his family, thinking about, you know, Coach Kelly and, and his wife, Jill, and how close they were with with Bill as well. So it's it's definitely a tough, tough passing for, for everybody. 
And it says a lot just about what you guys thought of the man and that you guys just kept his health issues under wraps because we never knew what it was. And, you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers were always with him and with his family today. But you got some big news, man. You are the head coach at Chafee Junior College. This has been coming for a long time. You've been coaching, you know, since the mid-2000s. What made this the right decision for you to become the head coach there? And how long have you been preparing for this just to be the head man in charge? You know, I mean, as we know, the coaching profession is a lot of peaks and valleys. There's no question. You know, my background, when I got done playing professional football, um, my first coaching job was actually in the junior college ranks. So I started at Mount Sac Junior College for Coach Jastrup, and he gave me an opportunity to coach and, you know, be the receiver coach. And then he promoted me the next year. And then I ended up coming down to UCLA in 2009 as an intern on Coach Neuheisel's staff and work with the special teams and work with Coach Gans, who's an unbelievable football coach. And then I actually made the move to Riverside City College, another junior college out here in California with Coach Kraft, who's another great football coach that I got a chance to work with and work under, you know, be his assistant head coach and help recruit that, that roster and flip that program from one and nine to 10 and one the first year and then to 11 and 0 the second year. And, you know, then, you know, I was there for about four years. And then Coach Kingsbury at Texas Tech, he actually signed a couple of my players out of Riverside City. And he was impressed with how those players spoke about me as a coach. And so he said, hey, Chev, I, I got to talk with you, man. And so, you know, I actually met him down at the Holiday Bowl when they were playing Arizona State. And, um, you know, he really enjoyed the conversation. He flew me out to Lubbock the next week and then he interviewed me. And then he actually hired me as a full-time Division One assistant on the field as a special teams coordinator. The next year he promoted me to the receiver coach. Um, we ended up playing LSU in the bowl game uh, in the Houston Bowl. And then I got offered the offensive coordinator job at the University of Colorado, which is my alma mater. And I spent six years there in a bunch of different roles, you know, as the interim head coach, as the assistant head coach, recruiting coordinator, offensive coordinator, receiver coach. And, you know, I thought I was close to getting that job. Honestly, I really felt like I was prepared to be the head coach at the University of Colorado. That didn't happen. And then we had a we had a down year. So I ended up getting let go. And then Coach Kelly called me and you know asked me to come in and be the analyst on offense. And I really enjoyed working for Chip. And he's a great person, really great coach. I mean, I think people don't get to know him on the personal level because of him being a college football coach, but he's a great person to work. He's the best guy I've ever worked for. And, um, yeah. you know, I can say that hands down. He's the best guy I've ever worked for. He knows how I feel about him. And, you know, I just felt like, you know, at, at, at some point in my career, I'm 45 years old. I needed to become a head. If I want to be a head coach, I need to become a head coach. And so, you know, even though, you know, coming back down to the junior college is a step back for me, probably professionally, but as far as my responsibilities and for me to be a head coach, I'm, it's actually a step up. So I look at it twofold. And so for me, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity at Chafee. You know, it's located, you know, off the 210 freeway and um, right here in Southern California. And, you know, junior college football in California is really good football. You know, and it's, it's I've coached at the junior college level now going on my seventh year and, you know, I've been at the Division One level for 10 years and high level junior college football is not that far away from the next next step. And that's why kids that play at a high level here are able to kind of step into um, Division One schools and play at a high level. So, you know, we're building this thing from scratch at Chafee. I mean, it really is. I mean, this roster, there was zero guys on the roster when I got here two weeks ago. And so this is a great college football experiment of building a roster within a month and a half and then, you know, start to go play games in early September. So I'm looking forward to the, to the, you know, the opportunity and um, just been building the staff, you know, you know, obviously recruiting players left and right. And so it's uh it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be obviously a challenging year for me just because of how late I got this job, but 
you know, I'm up for the task and I'm excited about it. Coach, I have no doubt you're moving the program in the right direction on that. Let's touch back on some of the coaches you got to work for. New Heisel, Cliff Kingsbury, and Chip Kelly. I mean, from the outside looking in, I was kind of coming up into my college football fandom when the Oregon offenses were prevalent. I mean, this guy is an offensive genius when it comes to the spread. What have you learned from each of these individual coaches? Because you're in a unique position when it comes to UCLA fandom where you work for New Heisel and Chip. You know, at different points. Yeah, here. and I played for I played for Rick too. So yeah. Rick was Rick was my college head coach at Colorado. You know, I mean, both great coaches. I mean, different different styles, no question. I mean, uh, I think Coach Newheisel was definitely more about the flash and more about you know the high level, you know, recruiting as far as like him being in the front of it, you know. And you know, Rick's a good football coach. You know, obviously his son Jerry's on the staff at UCLA. He's a good football coach as well. You know, I have a lot of respect for the Newheisel family. And, um, you know, I think Jerry knows how I feel about him. And, and so does Coach Newheisel. So, and then Coach Kelly, I mean, the thing that I learned most about being with Coach Kelly is that guy knows the run game inside and out. He really does. And he's brilliant when it comes to game planning the run game. I think that's what more than anything being with him, you know, spending that year within in the offensive staff and, and being able to kind of be around the coaches. I mean, there's a lot of good football coaches in there. Coach Drevno is a great line coach. Yeah. Coach Gunderson's a good quarterback coach, you know, Coach Foster, Foster, man. Coach Foster's the mayor. I call him the mayor because that dude's <laughs> like, you know, everybody knows him and everybody respects him. You know, Jerry's a, you know, up and coming coach. He'll be a head coach within the next 10 years. And, you know, th there's a, there's Coach Ferris, who's a great human being, good football coach. There's a lot of good football coaches in there, but Coach Kelly is definitely the engine that runs that room. And, um, you know, he's just, you know, he just sees things differently. He sees things that other coaches don't see. And uh, I appreciate that being around him because I've always prided myself on being, very creative and I think sometimes when you're sometimes when you're around other coaches that don't like your creativity or maybe feel a little threatened by it they it turns them off so I was actually very very excited about working with Chip and the whole year and then he'd ask me questions he'd ask for feedback you know and if I spoke up he would listen and I respected that, that about him you know me I was an analyst this year but he still respected my background as a coach and as a player so I'll always respect that about Chip. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned the run game. The game that comes to mind this year was when you guys were playing at Arizona State and Charbonnet's out. We didn't know that. At least the fans didn't know that until opening kick. And you guys just put Kaz Allen in at running back, a guy that, you know, plays wide receiver traditionally, kind of a Swiss Army knife. And this guy was just running up and down the field against a pretty, you know, solid Division One defense in Arizona State. So, I mean, the run game has always been his bread and butter when it comes to that. Coach, I want to hear, I mean, you were drafted the NFL. You had an illustrious college career at Colorado. What pushed you to the game initially growing up? Uh, you know, what, what pushed you to uh, playing uh, football in the first place? You know, I grew up in Corona, California, which is obviously about an hour from, from L.A. And, um, you know, my dad is a big baseball fan. And so growing up, you know, he really pushed me to play baseball. I remember vividly I was living in Corona and I was probably about nine years old and all my friends were signing up to play Pop Warner football out here. Back then it was the Corona Rams and um, I just wanted to play football so bad. I remember just begging my mom, begging my dad, like, hey, I want to play football. And they're like, no, you're going to get hurt. And I said, I, you know, I want to play. I want to play. And so I just remember vividly like getting an opportunity to like sign up for football and then go check out my pads. And then me and my twin brother, Ryan, who's an on-air host in Chicago, we went to the park right across the street, put our pads on, just started hitting each other. And we were nine years old. We had no idea what we were doing, but we just put football pads on. And that was the, that was the greatest feeling of like 
being able to have a contact sport. And then it kind of just grew from there. You know, like when I went through junior high school into high school, I was a really good football player, you know, ended up my freshman year down at Servite High School. And, you know, I, I just didn't enjoy the, the commute from Corona to, to Servite every day. And, um, you know, I wanted to come back home to Corona and then end up finishing my career at Corona High School. You know, was had, you know, multiple Division One offers coming out of high school and then ended up going to the University of Colorado and playing for Coach Neuheisel. Had a great college experience in Boulder. I mean, Boulder is a great college town. Um, Beautiful. You know, definitely, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be rooting for the Buffs. I always root for the Buffs and I root for the Bruins because I've been – I've worked for UCLA twice now. And so um, um, I definitely, you know, root for the Bruins and root for the Buffs. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I want to see Colorado get back going just because that those people and that town deserves it. And uh, it's a great college atmosphere, as you know, Will. I mean – Right there, right, right, you know, that Folsom Field's located right in front of the, the Flatirons and running behind Ralphie. And, you know, for whatever reason, it's kind of been such an up and down situation there the last, you know, you know, probably 15 to 20 years, really probably since, you know, we went into the Pac-12, honestly. I mean, the Big 12 to the Pac-12 move was probably not necessarily the right move for Colorado. But, you know, hindsight's always 20-20, and they're trying to get it going with Coach Prime. And so I've been following closely. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think that's another big college experiment, what they what they're trying to accomplish, you know, and the roster turnover. I don't think that's what college football is really about. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out for them. You know, I'm definitely you know going to be rooting for them and rooting for obviously the Bruins, too, all year. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in Boulder. Coach, 1999 NFL draft, you're selected with the fifth round pick. Can you paint the scene for me? Were you watching with the parents? Did you have a party going on? Everyone loves to talk about their draft yeah. night. It's such a special day in terms of realizing your dream going to the NFL. Where were you, Coach? When this yeah, happened? no question. So I was I was at my dad's house in Anaheim. It was uh, right off of Lakeview Avenue. And my wife, Shannon, was there, um, my brother, my friends and family. And so at the time, I was listed to go anywhere between the third or fifth round. That was kind of like my projection. I was like the 10th ranked receiver in the draft. And there was just talks, you know, you just don't know where you're going to go. And so, you know, the first, back then it was two days. Back then it was one through three and then four through seven on the drafts. So it was a different structure. So when I didn't go the first day, I was like, man, I was like, <laughs> I was frustrated. You know, I was like, you know, disappointed. You know, I remember talking to my wife like, man, what's going on? You know, and then I don't go in the fourth round the next day. And I'm going, man, am I going to get drafted? What is the deal? You know, and then, you know, I remember Dwight Clark called me from the Cleveland Browns. You know, the late, great Dwight Clark called me. He was the general manager for uh, the Cleveland Browns. He called me, he goes, hey, Darren, we're going to select you with this next pick. And, um, you know, that was the greatest day of my life. I remember my, my wife was there. We, you know, we all were excited. My dad was there. It was just, it was a really cool moment. That's something you'll never forget, you know. And so when Dorian got drafted by the Browns in the fifth round this year, I was uh, ecstatic for him because I know he was probably going through those same emotions, you know, you know, cause he, he's a really good football player. That guy can really throw the ball. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he's very accurate. And so, you know, I know he was probably, you know, I, I saw that he was in Vegas for his draft day. And so I'm sure he was frustrated and disappointed that things weren't going, but when you get the call, everything goes away. And now, you know, Hey, I'm in the NFL. I'm going to play on Sundays, and uh, this is part of my journey. And the guy I was really disappointed for was Bryce Bobo. I mean, Jake Bobo, because Jake yeah. Bobo, to me, like Bobo is a really, really good football player. And I told him that. When he didn't get drafted, I sent him a long text message. I said, Jake, listen, man, 
you're an NFL player and you're going to get your opportunity and wherever you go, just do what you do because he is a phenomenal football player. I know he didn't run the fastest 40 time, but that's not what football is about. It's about creating separation. It's about, you know, your route movement, your stems, your releases and, and catching the football. And there wasn't a better person in college football this year than Jake Bobo making tough third down catches. Yes. Tough end zone catches. And so I was, I was disappointed for him, but I, I see the news up in, Seattle that he's having a great camp, uh, mini camp and I see all the feedback. It doesn't surprise me because the guy is a really good football player, knows how to separate. And that's the critical thing about playing receiver is knowing how to separate. And I can relate to that because we're kind of both similar builds in that sense. He's a little taller than me. I was probably a little faster than Jake, but we're similar football players. And so I told him, I said, hey, you're going to be fine, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head down and work hard and you'll make that roster. And I, I think he will when it's all said and done, you know. And there was obviously great to see the other guys, you know, like Zach get drafted high. Right, he's, yeah. he's a stud. I mean, we know that. And Gainsey and, 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 and Mafi and all those guys get drafted. So, man, what a cool experience for those guys. I, I know how they feel because I've been there. And, uh, you know, something they're, all, they're always going to remember that the rest of their lives. It's a special, special day, man. You're spot on with Bobo. I think it was something like around 50-plus percent of his catches last year were on third down situations where – you know, it's you got to move the chains. It's a, you know, hit or miss type of situation. And he always came down with the football. So a lot of love for Jake Bobo tearing it up in the Seahawks camp right now. Coach, for all the potential recruits, maybe listening to this right now, sell us. Sell us right now, man, on Chafee and what you guys are going to be bringing to the table. I mean, here's the thing. The great thing about Chafee College is that, you know, this is a great opportunity. If you didn't get a Division One scholarship and you believe you're a top tier player, Come to Chafee. Come play for me. My background as a Division One player, a Division One, uh, you know, Power Five assistant. I'm a former NFL player. You know, as far as getting you noticed and getting you on the radar of top programs, you come play for me at Chafee College. We're going to make that happen because we're building this thing really from scratch. It's going to be 2023s that are coming out of high school that just graduated. So they're going to have a great opportunity not only to play a high level of junior college football, but be in a system that's going to develop them for the four-year level. And I think that's important. You know, don't just go to a school because it might have great facilities. Go somewhere where you're going to get developed and get put on the radar for these four-year schools. And there's not a better place than Chafee College than playing for Coach Chev, and, you know, and we'll, we'll get it done. So I'm excited to, to get some guys over there and get it going this year. Coach Chev, just want to thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Once a Bruin, always a Bruin. We're going to be following you at Chafee College, and we wish you nothing but the best, brother. So best of luck to you guys down there at Chafee. Thanks, Will. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. Just let me know. Love to come on and talk, you know, later on down the road during the season. Let's do it, man. Bruin Bible, we are officially out. Is up, Bruin Bible listeners. We have another advertisement for you. We are so lucky to be sponsored by the great people at Athletic Greens. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens specifically because I was lacking energy, lacking focus throughout the day, and needed some special pick-me-up ingredients to make things happen in my life. Athletic Greens has done just that. I've become absolutely addicted to the process. It has over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to make your life easier uh, by doing this during the day. I like to take it to start my mornings off. I like to do it before a workout. It makes you feel energized, focused, and just have a lot more energy throughout the day than I typically expected. 
right now is the, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. Uh, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to be give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LAFB. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash LAFB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, a game changer when it comes to your health and your focus and your mindset.